I'd be lying if I said every single moment is remarkable and extraordinary. It's a lot of time to think and to process and reflect and read. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle, and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? Hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Last night marked my 32nd night traveling. I've been to 10 different cities in two countries, and this is my first podcast episode that I am fully producing abroad during that time, which I'm so surprised by. I really had visions for me spending way more time on my laptop and know creating all of this amazing content and sometimes things just do not go to plan at all eh? I was warned that you know wi-fi is going to be challenging and there's going to be epic sunsets that you're going to want to go see and that hostels you know might not always have the quietest environments for example I'm currently in the top bunk of my four-person dorm and it's a rare moment where no one's around and I'm just trying to squeeze in some time and it's just been so much more challenging to get anything done in a completely different environment and I thought I was so ready for this you know I've been doing this whole work from anywhere for a year and a half I've gone to my grandparents house and freelance from there and made that work but Doing it from a whole new country and when you're kind of in vacation mode, half work mode, and there's people all around you doing fun things, it's it's so much more difficult than I thought it would be. And I have so much respect now for people that can do total remote work and travel as a lifestyle and do these round-the-world trips as a digital nomad. My transition has been a little bit more challenging than I thought, but... If I think back on everything I've had to learn over the past couple of years, even how to start a podcast, these things weren't a home run at the very beginning. So I'm definitely easing into this life of leisure. I've been relaxing and you know, learning Spanish and learning how to salsa dance and do all of these really interesting things from a personal development standpoint. But professionally, I haven't been moving forward as fast as I have and after a while, you start to miss that. It's addictive to, dare I say, you know, hustle and be part of that grind. And it feels good to get things done. And I do miss it. And it feels even better, though, to be able to get things done and help other people and create value and serve others. And so as I now kick off my second month, and I'm going to kind of get back into more of a gentle grind I wanted to first and foremost start by creating a podcast episode directly for you 
And this one's really geared to someone who is thinking about embarking on an extended trip like this. So this episode is full of hacks on things I've learned really quickly, the best purchases that I made for this trip, some of the tools and apps that I'm using almost every day to make my travel life easier, some of the interesting opportunities that I've come across for how other people are making money while they're traveling or just doing it really affordably, and of course, some of the things that I miss most about home. If you're not interested in going on an extended travel, but you know someone who is, please forward this episode their way. Everyone can kind of benefit from a I've been there too type of checklist. And I know I did a ton of research beforehand to get me to where I am. So here we go. The best purchase I made for this trip, I'm going to give you three. So the first one is these mini camping pillows. They're called Hikensure, and I'll put the links in for wherever you can find this podcast episode. But essentially, they're pillows that fold up really small, and you can blow them up and take them anywhere. They end up being like the size of your hand, so it fits really well into any bag. And why this is so important is because a lot of the times you're staying in accommodations where maybe you get one small little pillow I don't know about you, but I'm a two pillow minimum person back in Toronto. I have like five or six at all times on my bed. I love pillows. It really helps me have a good sleep. And that's super important um, when you're staying in accommodations where there's lots of people in the same room or you're camping. Um, We've done a few overnight tenting trips. We camped in this amazing national park called Tyrona Park and the tent didn't come with any pillows at all. So that has been super helpful. You can also use it on a plane. If you're someone who likes to take a quick nap on a plane, comes in fun colors. I'm super happy with them. We've used and abused them and there's no signs of them breaking at all. So really great value. The second best purchase I made for the trip was Tiva sandals. Now I know like Normcore, the Velcro type shoes are totally coming back in. So it's less of a fashion faux pas wearing them which is great because you want a good pair of sandals. I'm actually not even traveling with flip-flops, which you'd think, of course you have flip-flops. You're at the beach, you're in hostels and walking around and like showers with wet feet and you want something to slip on. I chose a pair of sandals that I could use both for like hiking in more strenuous situations, but also to just like quickly slip on and go to the beach. These sandals are amazing. They have such great protection that I've taken them on a few hikes where my feet just needed a break from the hiking shoes and I wanted to give my toes some air. They're completely waterproof. So like kayaking, for example, I wore them while kayaking. Um, We've done some snorkeling. I'll put them on because I just want to be careful of what the grounds are and don't want to like cut my feet on anything. And they've been super amazing. I went with just solid black ones, but they have some funky ones where there's like different straps and honestly, everyone's wearing them. So do not bring funky shoes. These pack light and it's just, you just got to do it. The third best purchase I made for this trip and you might already know this, but when you're buying a backpack, there's different styles. There's a top load and then there's a front load backpack. So when I did my first trip, I traveled Australia when I was younger and I just bought a top load backpack 
which essentially means that the only way to open the backpack is the top. So anytime you need to take anything out of it, you have to pretty much take everything out to find that one item you were, you were seeing. You don't have much visibility what's in, into your bag. A front load backpack, on the other hand, is just as portable. It's the same shape. You still wear it on your back, but it has a zipper that opens like a suitcase. Pure magic. You open it up. You can see all of your items. It's been night and day. Jared and I both bought um, front load backpacks. I got mine from Mech. I'm super happy. I went with an Osprey one. Um, it's one of the more well-known brands. It's typically that. And I think the other one's Gregory. And I'm super happy with it. It's made my life so much easier. I can't even imagine traveling with a top load backpack. So definitely think that through when you're making your purchase. You won't regret it. Now onto the best tools and apps that I basically have downloaded on my phone that I'm using on the daily. So the first one is Google Translate. Leave it to Google to create something this amazing for travelers. It's exactly how it sounds. If you're in a non-English speaking country, the language barrier can be really tough. And even though I took a bunch of Spanish classes before and I'm gonna be doing some Spanish classes while I'm here, it's still so hard and people speak so fast. So this app is amazing. You can essentially put in you know, what you want to say and it'll instantly translate it to any language that you download. The best part is it has an offline mode because when you're traveling, you might not have a data plan of any kind. I'm only using my phone when I can connect to Wi-Fi. When I'm on the streets, at a restaurant, trying to ask for directions, trying to make a purchase, this app is amazing. I just open it up and quickly put in what I have to say. And it's kind of like on the go learning. And a bunch of locals have the app too. So sometimes they'll put it in and they'll write in Spanish what they want to say to me and quickly just show me their phone. Google Translate, completely brilliant. Definitely use it in the offline mode. The second best tool that I've been using on this trip is an app called maps.me. So this is one where Google didn't come through. Typically, I use Google Maps all the time, exclusively, whether I'm driving somewhere and I need the directions or I'm trying to find a good restaurant to go to nearby. I'll always use that, except here now, it doesn't have the best offline mode. So you can put in one destination and it'll tell you, okay, what's around that one area that you're in. But what's really cool about maps.me is you can download an entire country and in offline mode, no matter where you are, it can bring you right down to the street level, your directions of where you're going, what your points of interest are nearby. And this is huge because you're moving around a lot. Last minute you want to go somewhere, need to find where your hostel is again because naturally you got lost on your spontaneous adventures. Maps.me has been super amazing and I definitely recommend it. The third best like app or technical kind of resource that I've been using while traveling is actually from my friends at Pressed News. So I've interviewed Jacqueline on the show before and what Press does is they make it really easy to keep up with the news and when you're traveling you kind of want to stay a touch a little bit about what's going on in bite-sized ways. So even though I use it at home it's been even better while I'm traveling because I'll be you know on a bus somewhere and need something to do and I'll quickly get caught up in the news and it's always just right in my email inbox. 
they do a weekly podcast every Monday. It's 10 minutes and it tells you everything you missed over the weekend. So it's pressed P-R-E-S-S-E-D. You can find it in the podcast store. It's been amazing to keep in touch about what's happening back at home, even the polar vortex, which I feel bad sharing all of my beach photos on Instagram stories and I'm seeing like frozen eyelashes, but yeah, been an amazing way to stay up to date on what's happening. So now some interesting things that I've come across for how people are making money while traveling. The first is this really interesting website that Jared actually found for us. It's called usertesting.com and the business model is brilliant. I used to work in tech and when you're bringing a new product to market and you're shipping it, it's so important to get feedback from non-biased people. If you have a product, a new website, an app that you want to ship into the world and you want to get non-biased feedback from people that aren't your customers, that aren't your friends, that aren't your family, you can just put your beta website on this website (laughs) and this platform and essentially it'll connect you with people who will check out your website, check out your app and will give you feedback on it. You can get them to do little challenges. So for example, go on my website and try to find the contact us page and you can see the path that the person's going to go on to see if it's really easy for them to find that contact us page. And what's great for you as a traveler is you can actually make money to do this user testing. So For every 20-minute video that you watch, you get 10 bucks US directly sent to your PayPal. You can make up to $60 per test. So really easy. It's a fun thing you can do, you know, maybe right before dinner every night, do a quick test, make 60 bucks. $60 US can go a long way, especially if you're traveling South America. Okay, I've now moved to a completely different room to do this recording. This struggle is real. They started cleaning my room and I was no longer in there by myself. Here we go again. So the other really interesting way that people I've met are funding their travel is through this website called VIP Kids. And essentially what it allows you to do is get paid to teach English to students in China from your laptop anywhere in the world. And I know teaching English abroad has been really popular. I've had a lot of friends that have done programs like this as a cool way to travel and have an international work experience. What's great about this is you do it from your laptop. So you can basically make money and do this same thing anywhere. How it works is you do like a three hour online course with them, you get your certification, and then you're free to go and start making money. So Those are two really interesting ways to make money while traveling without necessarily like starting a business or becoming a freelancer or doing something that much more intensive. Now, I've also learned some tips on saving money while traveling. There's this website called Work Away, and it essentially allows you to volunteer at different hostels or homestays. Even some animal sanctuaries were on the list, which of course caught my attention. And the deal is, you know, you serve a couple hours, maybe at the bar or in the kitchen or at the front desk at hostels a day, you get free room and board. Sometimes you get free meals. The catch is that it needs to be a long-term stay. So typically they ask you to stay for minimum two weeks at that one hostel in that one city. So if you have that flexibility, 
then this is a really great way to do it without having to spend any money on accommodations and maybe get a breakfast in there too. And also it's a great way to meet a ton of people if that's part of your goal as well is meeting other travelers or having these experiences where socializing is a big part of it. So workaway.com, some of them you can even make money, but the most popular is free room and board. The other thing we've learned is that party hostels are more expensive and you don't necessarily need to be staying at the hostel to benefit from that social experience or some of the activities that the hostel provides. So in Cartagena, in Colombia, we stayed at a pretty expensive hostel because we knew it was a place to meet people. There was free things happening and half the people that were there at the happy hour were just at nearby hostels that were much quieter and easy to sleep at a fraction of the price. So while it seems like you want to stay at the social young backpacker hotspot, you don't even need to to get the perks and you can probably get a better sleep. So that's one that we've learned. Another thing is sticking to beer. I think I've drank more beer in the last month than I have in the last few years. Beers here are like 70 cents Canadian and cocktails are, you know, closer to eight to $10 a drink, more comparable. And so that's been another way that we've been able to just save some money and making a really extended trip a bit more affordable. Now, what do I miss most from being back home in Toronto? Of course, my friends and family. I can't start this without giving them a shout out. It's very tough to be away from them. Thank goodness we have social media and WhatsApp and FaceTime and all the things to keep us connected globally, but it's not the same. We all know that. So miss them, but from a day-to-day life experience standpoint, they don't have duvet blankets here. When you check into most hostels, it's just a thin sheet. That's all you get, which I think is so strange. I know it's hot here, but I still like a nice comfy blanket that feels like I'm kind of cocooned in something. That's not a thing here. So I definitely miss that. Hot showers. I have not had a hot shower in a month. It's cold shower almost all the time. You get lucky if it's one with like a strong pressure shower, but that's also kind of part of the deal with these warmer climates and there's water is kind of a limited resource here. You see signs about, you know, they're in a drought and please conserve water. So I completely understand, but I do miss that. Proper hot sauce. I put that shit on everything. As they say, I love Frank's. I love Sriracha. They do not have that here. They have something that is closely comparable to Tabasco sauce, which if you're a hot sauce connoisseur, that is not the same thing. (laughs) Miss that. And then finally, tofu. I haven't seen tofu once. Every time I go to describe it at a grocery store, they end up bringing me cheese. I'm like, blanco, white. I try to show it to them, describe it. They don't know what it is. And I really miss that. It's been pretty hard to eat as a vegan here, but I'm in making a lot of my own meals, which does again go back to making things more affordable. But ooh, 
I miss like fresh restaurants in Toronto. Give them a shout out. Friggin' love their meals. And I would kill for something like that. So there it is. One month in some of the biggest insights from a practical standpoint, what I'm using, what I'm not using, what I miss, and just how people are doing this. Because I haven't met anyone that's here just on a one week trip. Most people are here for like three to six months. And it's so cool. It's a lot of work. It's not a vacation. Moving around every three nights means you're packing and unpacking. You're trying not to lose things. You're trying not to forget things. You're trying to be present in the moment. So it's a lot of on the go. Some days are completely peak experiences and wild and memorable. And other days are kind of boring and you're just on a bus for like five hours and things can start to look the same as you go from small beach town to small middle-aged town over and over again. Every corner store has the same products and it's just one after the other. And I'd be lying if I said every single moment is remarkable and extraordinary. It's a lot of time to think and to process and reflect and read. I am on my third book now, which is fun. I'm getting a lot of reading in. But overall, I don't take any of this for granted. Being given this opportunity to travel for this long when a lot of people I know only get a couple weeks a year, and it's what I used to know, frankly, it's so amazing and I'm so blessed. And I hope I can continue to do this as I grow older and make travel a consistent part of my lifestyle. So that's it for now. I'll get a new episode out soon. I have met some really interesting people to interview, some business owners here that I'm excited to tell their story. So please, I know it's not my regular cadence of every couple of weeks, but I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this one. All the best. Until next time, enjoy your freedom. (laughs) 